Welcome to Monster Porn, Weird Fiction and Horror Podcast. The podcast that swears it does have a moral compass. But welcome to the fucking Bermuda Triangle, where it just kind of spins like a back alley joint pole dancer. Today's bonus short, The Incredible Crash Test Zombies, by me, Brett Norwood, with additional short by guest writer Byron F. McBride. Man, it was cool of Puggles to throw us a summer barbecue. Brings a new meaning to the pig roast, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm suddenly a little uncomfortable that he's serving us brats. Are they pork? Is he pork? I mean, really, he's some sort of interdimensional abomination that only resembles an adorable teacup piggy. Anyway, while we were waiting for the guests to show up, how about some cornhole? Again, is Puggles annoying you that much? No, I, I mean the, uh, the beanbag yard game. Oh, yeah, that. Did you know? The ancient Egyptians invented that game. They had excellent yards and created all the classic lawn games for their perfect green, well-manicured grass. They also invented Lowe's and Home Depot to care for the lawns. Ah, oh, wow. It's, it's hot out, isn't it? Grab your sack and man up, Matt. It's called a beanbag, Brett. Oh, that too. Ah, damn it. Your toss, Vincent Van Discount Price. Are you mocking my cape? It is like a hundred degrees out here on top of the fact that no one wears a cape anymore. Did you know that in the Egyptian game, the sliding of the beanbag into the cornhole represents the sinking of the sun at the horizon and the renewal of the annual cycle leading to the fertility of the cornfields, hence cornhole. How do you manage to turn a weekend barbecue into Wikipedia, Brett? Loosen up. Have a little fun. God, it's getting hot out here. Do you ever feel like the sun is just, you know, staring right at you? Oh, yeah. This one time, it wouldn't stop staring at me through the window, and I had to call the police to report a peeping Tom. Oh, score. Say, when are the guests supposed to be showing up? Uh, They should already be showing up. That's weird. I don't know. Maybe we should ask Puggles. The way he's working that grill... I'm afraid to interrupt. Yeah. Why are the flames so high? Why is he chanting? He's clearly from the ancient Phoenician school of barbecue. Their lawn parties were almost as renowned as the Egyptians. So what did the Phoenicians invent? Besides hooked on phonics? Georgia Hobson gripped the severed forearm just above the wrist and waved the clipped and bleeding end at her co-worker, Wesley. Some blood splattered across the industrial flooring, like the first dash of Pollock's paintbrush, but she didn't seem to notice. Wes, she said. This is why carnival rides tell you to keep your arms inside the carriage at all times. And she laughed. The two engineers in white lab coats stood in the midst of a hangar-like building. Cones and neon-colored hazard tape delineated the parameters of the test course, at the end of which there was a wrecked infinity sedan 
flipped over deliberately by hitting a ramp with one wheel at 65 miles per hour. Wesley checked the large, button-laden sport watch he was wearing. At the press of one of its big, plastic buttons, the digital face lit up electric blue. Oh, shoot, he said, and pulled a small egg-shaped trinket out of his pocket on a keychain. You're not even listening, Georgia muttered. I thought I was funny. I've got to feed my Tamagotchi, Wes mumbled. Hold on, I, I don't want Stuart to die. Do you think it was the airbag? Too much force, I mean? Georgia went on, dropping the arm in a biohazard bin. Of course we'll need to run the numbers. The door of the inverted sedan popped, and both engineers turned. A gray, leprous human form fell out of the upside-down bucket seat, onto the concrete floor of the test run, and began crawling, with one arm truncated, away from the wreck. He wore gray coveralls with yellow and black safety patterns around the hems. Instead of a name on his name patch, he had a number embroidered. 5612. He spat up some half-coagulated blood on the floor through the steel muzzle that held his teeth just parted. Georgia looked at Wesley. You named your Tamagotchi Stuart? Initially, the Zombie War of 1987 had cost the world approximately 25.3 million lives. It was the worst pandemic outbreak since the Spanish flu. Now, in 1997, the surplus anthropomorphic necrobionts left over from that plague were saving millions of lives every year, thanks to science and to human ingenuity. While some made their way into medical research, a great many others, like 5612, now served in consumer product and safety testing. Their former humanity made them much more accurate simulacra of human biology than synthetic dummies or animals. Their present lack of humanity made it, arguably, and legally, according to American courts, ethical. Picture, if you will, a revenant corpse, complexion like breakfast sausage and a smile like a skull, replacing rabbits and mice in cosmetics testing, held in restraints while a photographer takes headshots to document the trial of sparkling midnight whisper eyeshadow on a necrobiont who used to be Bruce the mechanic from the oil change place. They were put to use in this and in many other tasks, ranging from replacing cadavers in surgical training, to testing cancer therapies, to testing boner pills, to that for which they were most famous, crashing in cars. Following the initial PR campaign to rebrand the necrobionts in the public consciousness, on the heels of the widespread trauma and loss encountered in the zombie war, the necrobionts became the stars of a notable series of public service announcements and afterwards, impelled by federal grant money, began to appear in licensed entertainment media and merchandise, becoming, even, unlikely pop culture icons of the early 90s. Those who had lost loved ones to the plague initially filed a class-action lawsuit, but, as their loved ones were technically, legally deceased, the necrobionts, who still resembled them, resembled them in form only, the Supreme Court had ruled. So it was that within a few short years of zombies eating your Uncle Joey's intestines in the street, you, young Timmy, were begging your parents to buy you the incredible crash-test zombies that hung carded in the toy aisle of your local department store, and that appeared in flashy, neurotic, early CGI animated advertisements on Saturday mornings during Pinky and the Brain and X-Men. <laughs> 
The safety orange-colored cards, banded with yellow and black hazard-tape designs, flew off the shelves come Christmas, allowing kids to place three-and-a-half-inch zombies into scale toy cars, throw those cars at walls, and watch them fly apart as the spring-loaded gimmick was triggered. Just click the limbs and head back onto the torso, and you're good to go again. If your parents couldn't afford the cars and playsets, you could still put the zombie figure down on its back and whack the button in the chest with a mallet and watch the limbs and head go kablooey. Later figures in the line even had ejecting entrails and brains cast in bright neon plastic. And the researchers relished the same fun, but in real life. Want to place a bet, Wes? Georgia asked her co-worker as they stood on the dais, behind a safety glass screen in their lab coats and holding clipboards. Wesley tapped his Yikes pencil on the metal clip of his clipboard. Before them, on the floor, there were road markings delineating a thousand-foot test course. In the middle of the test course, there was a crosswalk. At each end, there was a city bus. In each city bus, there was a full load of zombies up to max occupancy, adults, children, and the elderly all included. On the crosswalk, there was a zombie family of mom, dad, grandma with walker, and baby in carriage, each attached by the arm, via chain, to the asphalt, and meandering listlessly, like a dumb animal within that limited range, except for the baby. All of them sported a permanent, toothy grin from the steel muzzle, from which issued discolored drool. What's the bet? Wes asked. You ever watch that comedian Gallagher? The one who thinks hitting melons with a sledgehammer constitutes legitimate comedy? Doesn't it? What's the bet now? First, the stakes, Georgia announced. Loser buys lunch till New Year's. Is that all? All that and a bag of chips, honey. Here's the bet. We're approximately 50 feet from what will be the point of collision, right? Yeah. So I bet we get splatter on the screen. Uh, you think it'll be that bad? Yep. I bet we get splattered way out here. What's more, if you laugh when that splatter hits us, you buy till next New Year's for being a comedy snob. Whatever. Okay, here we go. Beginning test. Note that I didn't agree. Sure you did. 30 miles per hour. Did you kill Stuart yet? No. 45 miles per hour. I didn't agree to the bet. It's too late to go back on that now, Wes. At speed. 60 miles per hour. Here we go! The sound was truly dreadful, and yet gratifyingly violent. Rainbow ribbons of blood and bodily fluid flailed through the hangar, like snakes colored tangerine and rust and twilight blue, and giblets of necrotic flesh thumped dumbly onto the pavement, like soggy deflated basketballs. Through this rain, behind the screen, Georgia Hobson, still a little girl at heart, smiled ear to ear beneath oversized goggles as a violet dash of gore splattered across the glass.
Priscilla Pursued by Byron F. McBride My last patient of the day. Her eyes were pocketed and harrowed, thumbs fiddling nervously. Is there something specific you want to discuss, Priscilla? I asked, penciling in my observation. She nodded slowly. Yes, Dr. Jacobs. I haven't been sleeping well. I... I haven't closed my eyes in so long because when I do, it, it... She began to cry, great heaving sobs, the whites of her eyes, a pinkish hue from strain. I let her have a moment, waiting. Two, two days ago it started. I was having coffee. I closed my eyes for a moment, just a blink, really. And then crouched, slavering and bestial. It sat on my table, all fangs, and claw, and piercing predatory gaze. I, I ran, but it didn't give chase. I eyed it from behind a corner as I blinked. It was halfway across the room. Eyes locked on mine. I fled to the bathroom, locking the door behind me. I shut my eyes. I heard it pacing, claws scraping the wood flooring. Breath heavy, excited. Then I hit the door. I heard splintering. Eyes flying open. It stopped. The door was split in the middle. Wood poking out at odd angles. She took a deep, slow breath, trying to steady herself. I managed to get past it, holding my eyes open the whole time, and left the apartment. I slept in a hotel that evening. But in the middle of the night, the window of the room I was in shattered inward with explosive force. I saw it as I sat up, frozen in air, claws extended, in mid-pounce. Saliva fell in long ropes from its fangs. It, it's been chasing me ever since. I can't, I can't sleep. I can't run. It always finds me. She shut her eyes and weeped, palms pressed to her eyes. I heard a bang from the reception. Valerie screamed. Then the door shattered into a hundred pieces. Nothing stood there. Priscilla screamed, suddenly lifted from her chair, eyes still shut. Kill me, damn you, do it, fuck you! Claw marks appeared over her clothes, long streaks that quickly bloomed crimson. Her screams became strangled as punctures pierced her throat. Her body shuddered as the flesh was ripped, tossed to the side, and soon her body fell limp, collapsing to the floor, then silence. A complete and perfect silence. Ah, this hamburger is amazing. That flavor. Oh, so good. Good job, Puggles. Oh, yeah! I love it when you two put my meat in your mouths! I'm so glad the guests never showed up. The only thing that could ruin this barbecue is people. Yeah, dude, what happened to the guests? They're missing out on this glorious meat. <laughs> what do you mean? The guests are all here. Huh? Oh, wait. I just remembered something about the Phoenician School of Barbecue. 
Turns out you do like people after all, Baldy! Ho ho ho! Best barbecue ever! No, 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 I'm gonna be sick. Oh god, and the sun is so hot! Blood of the gods. I think the sun is about to set the horizon on fire. Yes! I am the harbinger of the final days of your world, humans! Raise your arms and pray to the desolating sun for your puny lives. And as for the flesh of your guests, where do you think I sourced the bean bags? Oh, oh God. Huh. I wondered why the bean bags were hairy. Oh, yeah. Oh. Monster Porn Podcast is a production of Warped Box Media. Today's story was The Incredible Crash Test Zombies by me, Brett Norwood. With supporting short, Priscilla Pursued, by returning guest, Byron F. McBride. For Byron's first appearance on the show, check out bonus episode three. Thanks, Byron, for bringing your own dish to this abominable barbecue. this episode of the monster pornography podcast be sure to review it on the apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app another way to show your love for the porn is through the monster pornography podcast store at monsterpornpodcast.com forward slash store also be sure to follow the monster pornography podcast on your favorite social medias facebook twitter instagram pinterest pinterest we're not on pinterest wait this is my spiel who are you? Um. Matt! You let the yard fairies play with the recording equipment again! And they put us on Pinterest! Raise your arms and pray to the desolation of your. Oh, God, I can't read. The text is too small. You have it magnified to like 30 point, man. I'm blind as shit. <laughs> I can't see cell phone screens. It's like the blue light messes with my eyes. Uh... <laughs> no, that was bad. Start over again. <laughs> yes, I am the harbinger of the final days of your world! <laughs> <laughs> I had to scroll. Oh. <laughs> humans. <laughs> Final days of your world, humans. <laughs> oh, I love it when you put my finger. <laughs> this is not sounding like him lately. It's like I can't get low enough for it. I get to get down here, and I gotta get. What is with the mic?
This little thing? It, it might forgot to take its Viagra. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> oh. It's, it's driving. We've got a limp, limp, what do you call that? Plosive guard. <laughs> like, what is... Does it need to spin, like, around the thing? Here. Does it have to tighten, like, like to spin that way? Oh, does, does it? I don't know. It might be threaded that, like that. Yeah, there we go. Oh, my God. This hamburger is so good. Oh, I could just eat hamburgers all day. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hey, you want to go play uh, some Backyard Sodomy? I mean, Cornhole? How do you manage to turn a weekend barbecue into Wikipedia? God. Oh, I missed missed a whole sentence there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's try that one again. Matt was going free balling. (laughs) Free, free balling. No one wants to be on the giving end of a sloppy blumpkin. (laughs) that was like that was way harder to do than i thought because i ran out of breath immediately (laughs) one more try